Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Wednesdays wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. We've got a lot to dive into as we often do but right off the top I want to tell you get your free $1,000. Free $1,000 to gamble with in Iowa, Indiana, West Virginia, Illinois, uh, Colorado, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Tennessee, Michigan, and Virginia with many more states soon to be added. Why wouldn't you go ahead and sign up and be ready when sports gambling becomes legal in your jurisdiction? All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash clay. That is fanduel.com slash clay. Richard Sherman uh, right off the top here is in custody for domestic violence. Now his wife says that he didn't do anything wrong but obviously that would run counter to the idea that uh, we had 9-11 as other people might call it 9-11 called. He was booked I'm reading from the uh, story at 6.08 local time 6.08 a.m. Pacific time in Seattle he's being investigated for burglary domestic violence which is a felony Uh, and uh, they're also investigating the Washington State Police are Richard Sherman for a separate incident that happened earlier in that day uh, for an alleged hit and run damage uh, to uh, to uh, a state uh, Department of Transportation property. Uh, the Redmond Police Department said a 911 call from the residence where Sherman was arrested arrived uh, was a received at 2 a.m. Pacific time person calling said an adult male family member who didn't live there was attempting to force his way into the home. Uh, When police arrived they found Richard Sherman outside. He fought with police but was eventually apprehended with the help of a canine unit taken to a local hospital to be checked. Uh, After he was cleared he was then booked into the King County Correctional Facility. Uh, and so uh, this is all going on. Richard Sherman is 33 years old and he is the Vice President of the NFL Players Association Executive Committee. So uh, obviously all of this you would not want to happen with someone that you are trying to uh, that you are trying to uh, uh, have represent the overall Players Association and the league here. Now we'll see what Richard Sherman actually says. He evidently can't be uh, released from uh, the uh, from the uh, detention facility until Thursday at the earliest. His wife now says that he didn't hurt anybody. So what exactly was going on? We don't know uh, but that story is out there. Richard Sherman obviously a very well-known NFL player and he is right now uh, he is right now a free agent. So updating you on that story. Um Notre Dame Notre Dame the Fighting Irish are now mandating COVID vaccines for media that are going to be covering the team and this is just more virtue signaling madness. Uh, Let me go ahead and pull up that story that was Brett McMurphy I believe who I saw tweet that out Uh, and Brett McMurphy tweeted as follows Notre Dame has announced if you plan to cover the Fighting Irish in any sport during practice, press conferences, or games at Notre Dame uh, you must be fully vaccinated against COVID. And let me just say this, all right? I have been saying this for months. 
if you are a senior citizen you should be vaccinated against COVID. But I don't know why our conversation doesn't include over 100 million people like me who have already had COVID and have COVID antibodies and the Cleveland Clinic in their study said that real natural COVID antibodies are more effective than the vaccine. So just honest question why would I get a COVID vaccine when I have already had COVID? I have antibodies in my blood already that are more effective according to the Cleveland Clinic than the ones that I would get if I'm vaccinated. Look, I'm not anti-vax but I had chicken pox. Okay? I had chicken pox as a kid. I have never received a chicken pox vaccine. That's because I already had chicken pox. Now, if I had never had chicken pox it might make sense for me to get a vaccine. But if you've already had an illness when you get the vaccine you are getting the same thing that you already have in your body sent into your body via the vaccine. So again if you want to get the vaccine more power to you but why would it not be valid for me to just hand over my uh, antibodies proving that I already had COVID and that I have the antibodies in my blood based on a test that has been done. Why would we pretend that this doesn't exist all over the country for many people? Moreover, if you are vaccinated why do you care about people who aren't vaccinated? I don't don't understand this on the COVID front. If you are terrified of COVID if you are the king or queen of Corona Bros and you have been curled up in the fetal position unwilling to leave your house until this blessed monumental day when you can go get a vaccine which by the way even though nobody wants to talk about it was produced by the Trump administration under Operation Warp Speed in record time. Okay? So if you are obsessed with wanting a vaccine then you have President Trump himself and his administration to thank for getting that vaccine to you so incredibly fast. If you're vaccinated why do you care whether someone else is or is not? Why does it matter to you? If you are vaccinated and you have nothing to fear from COVID any longer because you have received this blessed vaccine why do you care about people that aren't vaccinated? Other than you being able to virtue signal because you believe you are holier than they are I've had COVID. I haven't been vaccinated. I have antibodies which are more efficient and more effective according to studies than people who have gotten the vaccine. I had a fever for one day in the last 18 months 99 degrees I believe that's when I had COVID. Over uh, nearly a year ago now almost zero issues as most young relatively I'm 40 it was 41 last year most youngish healthy people look at me incredible physical condition as you can well see most young healthy people have zero issues and over a hundred million of us at a minimum probably have already had COVID. And so why do we never talk about all of the people that have already had COVID? Why does no one discuss this in any way? And why is Notre Dame getting involved in mandating COVID vaccines for media members? Doesn't make any sense at all. If you have COVID vaccinations yourself then why do you care about whether anyone else 
has the COVID vaccine. Just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, ESPN's fallout from the last several ridiculous stories that ESPN has been involved in. Jimmy Pataro, who is the president of ESPN is going to have a uh, according to a memo that he sent they're going to have a diversity and inclusion workshop dealing with diversity and inclusion issues at ESPN in the wake of Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols and who knows maybe in the wake of Stephen A. Smith uh, talking about Shohei Hatani. I was having a conversation with a buddy the other day and I said do you think that ESPN is uniquely incompetent in the world of media at keeping negative stories from going public or is ESPN just filled with so much awfulness compared to other media companies because when it comes to stories like this certainly in sports media nobody else even compares to ESPN CBS, NBC, Fox none of them have the kind of negative stories that seem to always be surfacing surrounding ESPN I just I don't get it I don't understand it I don't comprehend it and they certainly are not doing a very good job of handling these stories. Uh, Story out unfortunate but also sadly predictable we set an all-time record for drug overdoses in 2020. Over 93,000 people died of drug overdoses. That was up 30%. When you look at the age of the average person who died of a drug overdose it was decades younger than the people who died with COVID. And so I am curious unfortunately and I've been asking this question for a long time so much focus on loss of life and I understand that but the most important thing about loss of life everyone is going to die. I hate I hate to share a negative story with you but everyone out there is going to die. All right. What is truly tragic is not death it is death from a relatively young person. A child's death is far more crushing to most people than someone dying over the age of 80. A college kid dying is far more crushing than someone dying in their 70s. Drug overdoses skyrocketed because of our unnecessary shutdowns and lockdowns. I think that's a big part of why drug overdoses skyrocketed because it drove drug use and also counseling and support and friendships and family it drove isolated individuals into even more of an isolation. 30% increase in drug overdoses. How close to total years lost were we from drug overdoses almost in equaling years lost from COVID of life? Let me, re- let me explain this. The average person dying of COVID is over 80 years old. Most people over 80 years old do not have decades and decades still to come of life. And so if you die of a drug overdose at 25 you are losing 50 years of life let's say. If you die with COVID at 82 you might be losing on average one year of life. So someone who is 25 dying of a drug overdose may well have the same number of lost years of life as 50 people who are dying with COVID. And this is a story that it's like nobody was willing to talk about. All death 
is not created equally younger people dying is far more difficult and far more tragic than older people dying. And most people who are dying of drug overdoses are younger decades younger than the people who are dying with COVID and as a result this is I believe a story that should get far more attention than it does and it speaks to why our decisions to lock down were so fundamentally wrong. You look at what happened in New York you look at what happened in California they didn't have a safer experience than Texas or Florida when it came to the data associated with the number of people that were dying of COVID. Lockdowns protected no one and made no sense. And unfortunately they cost us a lot an all-time high a 30% increase in the number of drug overdoses. I abhor hypocrisy. Okay? You can agree or disagree with many of my opinions. But if you try and line them up they almost always are logically consistent. And what do I mean by that? When I say they almost always are logically consistent what I mean is I'm not treating someone different whether they're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, gay or straight, male or female, Democrat or Republican, native or non-native. It doesn't matter at all Uh, to me. I want the precedent to apply evenly to everyone. Twitter didn't do that when they decided to ban Donald Trump. Neither did Facebook, neither did Instagram, neither did Pinterest, neither did uh, all of these different social media apps when they all colluded and agreed to ban Donald Trump simultaneously. What I am fascinated by here is they don't apply, Twitter doesn't, their own logic and rulings and precedent for Donald Trump to dictators and authoritarian leaders all around the world including Cuba where right now protests are raging in favor of freedom and against communism in favor of democracy and against a planned uh, totalitarian state. And right now the president of Cuba is arresting, threatening, ordering the beatings of democracy protesters. He has shut down the internet in most of the island of Cuba to not allow people to send imagery of what's going on in their country right now. Yet he's able to tweet Miguel Diaz-Canel is able to tweet without any restrictions at all. If Twitter is going to shut down and kick off the platform the democratically elected President of the United States Donald Trump how in the world can they continue to allow Cuba's communistic totalitarian dictator who is using Twitter to tell people to beat democracy protesters who is throwing activists for human rights in jail how can they allow that to take place under the precedent that they used to ban Donald Trump? Okay? They failed. Big Tech is effectively become I believe a state actor Government in the United States is allowing big tech to censor and take actions that the government itself would never be able to do. I talked about this on Tucker Carlson Monday night I believe it was and what I was laying out was 
using Dr. Fauci as an example he was corresponding with Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook and saying what was and was not considered permissible information to be shared about COVID. Um, And right now what we are seeing okay is a monstrous a monstrous grab of censorious power by the United States government in conjunction with Twitter, Facebook and many other big tech companies. And so my question for you and I think it's a good one why in the world are you not signed up for the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show? Because radio and television honestly but radio for sure is going to be one of the last places that the government is able to shut down. All right, As long as we stay within FCC guidelines which so far we've managed to do and amazingly so far I've been able to do in my 15 year career of live radio so long as we stay within those boundaries of acceptable discourse in the FCC we're going to keep giving you the truth every single day. Greg Abbott by the way the governor of Texas was on with us today I would encourage you truly to go listen to that and make sure that you don't miss a single moment. Uh, Major League Baseball's All-Star game was last night. I wish I could have enjoyed it. I watched it a little bit. The uniforms were atrocious but as I was sitting watching the Major League Baseball All-Star game all I could think about frankly was the fact that Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred in particular screwed the city of Atlanta and the state of Georgia with no legitimate basis whatsoever they pulled the All-Star game which would have honored Hank Aaron in Atlanta and in the name of racial justice they moved the All-Star game out of Atlanta which is one of the largest black populations in the country to Denver which has one of the largest white populations in the country with virtually no justification under the law at all. And so there were a couple of different ads that ran during the game and I really do think this is going to become significant. Next year Raphael Warnock who is the senator one of the senators from Georgia is up for re-election and the expectation is according to Donald Trump on our radio program that Herschel Walker is going to run in the state of Georgia 1980 uh, national champion at Georgia himself Herschel Walker that he is going to run in the state of Georgia against Raphael Warnock and I think that Walker will win I think Warnock will lose and also that a huge part of this debate is going to come down to the decision by Major League Baseball to pull the All-Star game out of Atlanta because you know who's more popular than Republicans or Democrats in the state of Georgia? The Atlanta Braves and certainly the Georgia Bulldogs as well so I think this is going to turn into a really big story uh, of who has control of the Senate next year. Joe Biden yesterday gave a speech where he said that voting uh, rights and voting rights bills being adopted in Republican states right now represented the biggest threat to democracy since the Civil War. And he said the Confederate Army never occupied the Capitol. Well, that's true. The Confederate Army in fact under Jubal Early got within sight distance of the United States Capitol in his 1864 Valley campaign that culminated in the burning of Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. Civil War nerd here. I know a little bit about that campaign. I wrote my thesis on it Uh, and a history thesis. Boy, he's a history major. Not to brag or draw attention to myself. 
But the goal of the Confederates in the Civil War was not to overthrow the United States government. It was to create their own government and allow the United States to have its own government. Remember, the Confederacy seceded in an effort to create its own government not to overthrow the existing government of the United States. They were not telling people in other states hey, you're not allowed to pick your leaders they just wanted to pick their own. Now we fought the Civil War. But the idea first of all that these voting bills represent a fundamental threat to democracy is just not true. Okay? What represented a fundamental threat to democracy was changing all of the voting bills because of COVID in an effort to create a structural advantage. Now, the 2020 election as it currently stands was decided by 40,000 votes. If Joe Biden had not gotten 40,000 votes that he did 20,000 in Wisconsin roughly 10,000 in Atlanta roughly 10, or in Georgia roughly 10,000 in Arizona Donald Trump would be the President of the United States. Alright? So the election came down to 40,000 votes 20,000 people roughly needed to change their mind in order for Donald Trump to win election under the numbers that are currently out there right now. And for the math people out there that would have been a 269 to 269 election. Trump would have won in the House and he would have won the tie and he would have remained in office for four more years. Okay? So that is how the election went down. The Supreme Court just ruled in an Arizona case 6-3 to that states effectively have the power and the right as they are given under the Constitution to determine how voting should take place in their respective states. So due to federalism and I'm giving you a little bit of a legal lecture here due to federalism it is highly likely that a federal law mandating voting as currently is being advocated by the Democratic Party if it were to pass then I believe it would be very likely to be invalidated based on Supreme Court precedent that already exists. So what is the biggest threat to democracy? To me it's violating the Constitution based on a federalization of all state election law and requiring the Supreme Court to overturn that law. But the idea that this is the biggest threat to democracy since the Civil War is just flagrantly wrong and inaccurate on a historical basis. First of all the World War II kind of a big deal. The Nazis and the Japanese and the Axis powers represented a pretty big threat to democracy around the world. Regardless of your political persuasions I think it's fair to say World War II represents a bigger threat to democracy than a voting rights bill in 2021. The Great Depression if you study the Great Depression at all if you study American history at all we were on the edge during the Great Depression of embracing potentially socialism or communism as opposed to capitalism. So the Great Depression represented a fundamental threat to democracy as well. And for those of you who are old enough to remember it the Cold War when at any moment 
we could have had our country wiped off the face of the earth amidst nuclear war. Hello. Does anyone remember the Bay of Pigs at all? Does anyone remember the Cuban Missile Crisis? Does anyone remember the Cold War with the Soviet Union? That was a pretty substantial threat to democracy. I just named three fairly major events that have occurred in the last hundred years which are all infinitely greater of a threat to democracy than what is going on right now. Look, people are upset. They disagree. What we need is a full-fledged shellacking. That's what's going to happen, I believe, in 2024 if the Republicans pick the right nominee. I think the Democrats are going to trot out Kamala Harris. I think they're going to continue to argue the same tried-and-true cancel culture identity politics BS and if the Republicans pick a good candidate in 2024 I think Kamala Harris is going to get absolutely decimated. And then the Democrats are going to have to do what they would have had to do in 2020 if they hadn't allied themselves entirely with COVID and that is they're going to have to recognize that the twin pillars of identity politics and cancel culture are drowning them that the vast majority of white, black, Asian, Hispanic people in this country reject both from the absolute bottom of their hearts and that that shellacking in 2024 is going to make the Democratic Party have to reassess their entire fabric I'm offended and everything is racist is not a platform that works in the long run in America. Right now the Democratic Party's entire platform has been boiled down to three words everything is racist and that my friends is a long range losing platform. I appreciate all of you. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. My name is Clay Travis. I will be live in about 20 minutes uh, on Fox Bet Live breaking down the upcoming British Open as well as the NBA Game 4 to the extent that any of you are still watching the NBA. This has been OutKick the Show. DBAP unless you need to SBAP.